It's that time of year again, Super Bowl 47, 2013. I'm not really here to talk about the Super Bowl, but in fact, controversy. You forget who I am? <laughs> My name is Charlie Maverick and this is the Charlie Maverick Show. Fresh off the loss of the Patriots, um, I might sound like a sore loser, but I want to put some things into perspective for you, how... how Professional sports may be fishy sometimes. Uh, we have seen the playoffs have a storyline that unfolded for the past, I'd say, seven years. And I want to give you some evidence or something to think about to, to kind of get your mind going on the possibility of these games being rigged to support a, a dynamic storyline as a way to boost revenue and and uh, and ratings for the Super Bowl. Stay tuned. Before I start naming the the kind of situations that have happened in the past that I believe have in, have determined the fact that there is uh, <clears throat> influence in the game from a commissioner standpoint. To, to support a storyline that goes into helping ratings and, and revenue for the NFL, I, I start at the root. And the root is Roger Goodell. Now, a lot of people don't like Roger Goodell. This guy is the commissioner of the NFL. And throughout the past at least half decade, we have seen a lot of steps that he has made to kind of tarnish the game. If you think about it more from a... A defensive aspect, he is he has taken the ability away from a lot of defenses to be able to play as they were trained to play throughout their entire life. Especially for tenured players or veterans that have been in the league for a decade already and they have already been accustomed to doing a certain type of way and the calls have been consistent. And then all of a sudden, things kind of take a curb in terms of how you hit the quarterback, how you hit a receiver, how you hit a runner, and 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 whatnot. And in term, and, and as a result, it turned into more of a quarterback league, an offensive-driven league. And a lot of teams have been uh, benefiting from this type of change, including my own New England Patriots. Which I I love these guys, um, and I've been a follower of them since the late '90s, uh, when uh, Bledsoe went down and Tom Brady took over. So I, I want to give you some evidence on why things why things have may have been tarnished during the game or influenced by Roger Goodell to support storylines, especially leading up to the Super Bowl. And judging by the fact that he has made implementations to change the quarter, the the, uh, the league in more of a quarterback and offensive-driven league rather than a defensive-driven league, maybe you might agree. This is just my opinion. All right. So let's not even start off with this year's playoffs. Let's go back to uh, let's go back to the to the Saints win. So you had Katrina 
tore up the the uh, the Gulf Coast, came through, savaged and ravaged New Orleans, and the New Orleans people were devastated. The Gulf Coast people were devastated. They needed something to give them hope. They needed something to as a way to drive revenue and bring business back in because everyone was talking about moving away from New Orleans and, and rebuilding somewhere else and just leaving it as a dead space. Well, I believe, my opinion, Roger Goodell saw an avenue and he took it and ran with it. Let's have the storyline of a team that has sucked forever even when they had Archie Manning, and you got to be a real sports fan to go back to Archie Manning, and it, I believe it was Bobby Abear that that played there also, but uh, don't don't quote me on that. Just pulling from memory here, but th this team sucked forever. Never was was really really good. They might have beaten teams, but they were not playoff contending teams now, all of a sudden Drew Brees that has been dropped from the, 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 the Chargers and Sean Payton came in and all of a sudden this team is, is in beast mode and is beating everybody substantially and gets all the way to the Super Bowl and savages in the Super Bowl Uh, and since then, let, let me let me put out there, since they've won the Super Bowl, have they gotten past the first round? Alright, great. So they got beaten by the Seahawks. They they didn't even make the freaking playoffs this year. And more and, and mostly they had the the same personnel minus the coach. Last year they had Sean Payton. Guess what happened? They didn't get close again. So just that one year turnaround after Katrina, you mean to tell me that the Saints were were just that spectacular based off of, of how they felt about the area? Most of those guys weren't even from the area. They get paid by the Saints. They move there to play for the Saints. They're not from there. They don't have most of them don't have any roots. In, in New Orleans. So you mean to tell me these guys, these guys were playing with so much heart for their city? I think not. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I refuse to believe that. Now, the next kind of evidence that I would like to say was uh, with the, the, the Colts, with Peyton Manning and, and the coach, black coach. Black coach, Coach Tony Dungy. Now, there has been a lot of of uh, <clears throat> kind of remarks from the black community, the minority community, and there was a there was an outcry for like, hey, why isn't there a real successful black coach in the National Football League? Then you have Peyton Manning, which is a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer. And the, they, they do so well in the actual uh, regular season. Why can't they win the big one? Why isn't a black coach winning? Everybody wanted to see finally a black coach winning. Tony Dungy was that black coach. 
and which which actually started the the, the wave of it and which helps the Steelers black coach win later. So you you had a, a storyline set. Peyton Manning gotta win. He's gotta win, right? Tony Dungy, we want a black coach to win. A lot of, a lot of people saying, hey, we need a black coach, first black coach, whatever to win. Super Bowl. We want that. So the the Colts defense was terrible that year. Worse, I would say, than the Patriots defense over the past three, four years. Terrible. They're giving up big plays. They let people get on the goal line. Red zone, they just killed. They, 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 they just couldn't hold the line. But Peyton Manning outscored the teams. They got to, they got to the Super Bowl. So the storyline there, I felt, was you need a black coach to win. Peyton Manning, of course, needs to win a Super Bowl so he can actually get into you know the Hall of Fame. You don't want to be like Dan Marino. <laughs> Come on now. And and I think that was the storyline. So what happened there, I felt, my opinion, is that some games got thrown. I like Peyton Manning. Don't get me wrong. I like Peyton Manning. But look at his playoff record. Look at his playoff record for any other year besides that. Were there great teams in the league that year that they won? Yes. Do I feel that there are teams that should have beaten them or that should have that should have actually been more uh, deserving of getting that far? Yes. And you could say the, the argument of any given Sunday, whatever, I don't care. But I just felt, in my opinion, a couple of games were thrown to fit that storyline. We move on. Let's pick it up to... The first meeting of Tom Brady and Eli Manning. So let's 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 talk about that. So you had the the Patriots high powered offense that was basically handling everybody and was on the verge of an undefeated season. They had an undefeated regular season and of course in the playoffs they were undefeated until they got to the Super Bowl. Then you had Peyton Manning's little brother, Eli. And they were saying that Eli sucked. They were thinking about trading Eli. They, they were, um, um, Tom Coughlin was about to be traded and, you know, or fired from the team because there was like, he's a horrible coach. And here's the storyline I believe that happened for that year. So Tom Brady has three rings. We don't want him to be, nobody wants Tom Brady, old school, old school people don't want Tom Brady to get as many rings as Joe Montana. Joe Montana has to stand alone in that he, he can't get the four. He can't get the four, okay? He can't get the four. He can't match the four. They don't want him to get the four. So, so you have this storyline to where Undefeated season for the Patriots. And a miraculous catch. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, I'm not saying that the reason why the Patriots lost that Super Bowl was because of a storyline. I believe there was a storyline that led up to that Super Bowl. And I love my team. But 
there were some questionable calls that year. So you guys think that just because I'm a fan, I'm biased for my team to say that everything is hunky-dory and everything was supposed to happen the way it did. There was a lot of calls that season that helped the Patriots. A lot of pass interference calls that, that got us out of third and long. There was a couple of, of fourth down plays that we shouldn't have gone for, that we lucked up and got penalties that were in our favor. Sure, there were, there were, of course, a lot of things that happened in our favor and, and, and a lot of things that happened in the Giants' favor to actually get them there. They're like, hey, we technically can't get Peyton and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl together. We want, and, and there, was, there was really no other team that you would rather have in, in the Super Bowl to have the red, white, and blues play each other. Come on. So you, you really wanted to have the storyline of, hey, Peyton Manning can do it. Can Eli do it? The storyline was like they, they kind of went under the radar for the entire year. What are we going to do? They started wrecking teams in the playoffs and got to the playoffs. Now, we all know that aside from that year and last year, they usually suck during the regular season. They usually suck consistently throughout a year. They usually suck. A lot of times they don't even make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, they miraculously win. And the only time when they make the playoffs is when the Patriots are doing miraculously well. So let's lead up to the second time they went, they met, which was last year. So I'm not going to talk about actually how they came into be, but let's start off the debate about the Harbaugh brothers. So you got Jim Harbaugh, which is the coach of the, uh, the, the, the 49ers, and then you have John, which is the coach of the Baltimore Ravens. This storyline was supposed to be, the, the, was supposed to come to fruition last year because uh, you know, there were, there were some great plays, and everybody wanted to see the Hallball Brothers last year. Well, as we know, the NFC game is before the AFC game on the conference championship weekend. So first you have the NFC. So this is what it was determined upon. The 49ers lost against the Giants last year. So what determined... The fact that the Patriots were going to go. <laughs> Come on. So the Patriots were going to go. I, want, I wanted to put this in your head right now for you to think about. So the Giants won that game. Yes. That, the Patriots game was so close. The Patriots and the Ravens game was so close last year. It was won by a missed field goal. A totally 100% makeable field goal that this kicker has made many times before. And he miraculously misses this. And this is how my Patriots get into the playoffs. Wow. So you had two storylines that came about. Two possibilities here. If the 49ers win... 
the Ravens were going to win. If, if <laughs> the Giants win, which they did, then the Patriots going to get, so you have a rematch. So the, so one aspect of it, you have the 49ers and the Ravens. If the 49ers win, the Ravens are going to win. So you have that storyline, bow, ratings. If, if the Giants won, which they did, nobody wanted to see the Giants and the Ravens. Nobody wanted to see that. That was like a bad outfit. Nobody wanted to see that. So, you basically have two storylines that I feel that was influenced. So, the first game, I feel, is always influencing the second game outcome. So, we, we all see how that worked out. And the rest of that is history. We, we, we kind of... Would they built that up like crazy? That storyline for those two weeks in between, from that game to the uh, the Super Bowl, they built that storyline up. If it was the other way around, and the Forty Nineers would have won, they would they would have ran with that story with the Harbaugh brothers playing in the Super Bowl. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. Guess what did happen? Guess what did happen? So you have. This year. So you didn't get what you wanted last year, Roger Goodell. You didn't get what you ultimately wanted last year. You got a lot of ratings from the Super Bowl last year because it was a rematch storyline. You got that out the way because that was probably not going to happen again. And then you got out the way that, okay, Peyton Manning doesn't have two rings, but Eli does. Now you kind of start a controversy or a debate to be like, is Peyton that good? Well... You didn't ultimately get the Hallball brothers in the playoff in the, in the Super Bowl again to match to match each other. So you got this year. So everything's going cool. You got Aaron Rodgers playing really well. You got Sean Payton out the way because of the bounty. You got you got him out the way, so he's not a factor. You, you got the Eagles playing like crap. You got most of the teams playing like crap in the league. Most of them were playing like crap. Let's just say it. And and you got th these rookies that were playing fairly well. You took Tebow out the e equation by by helping the Jets get Tebow and and ruining his entire year. So you got the Jets out of the equation. So AFC don't have to worry about that. You had some you had some uh, miraculous uh, injuries on. On the Steelers side, so they're out of the equation. So you're paving the way here for the Ravens, and you're paving the way for the uh, the 49ers. So mid-season, Alex Smith is playing very well, but all of a sudden you're like. You got a concussion, hey, you lost your job. So you give the, the job to Colin Kaepernick, which was a risky, risky move. I commend him on making that ballsy choice. I personally wouldn't have done it. And 95 of the coaches out there wouldn't have would not have done it. Wouldn't just basically would you got you got something working. Why would you change it? So you have Colin Kaepernick, and then you have Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is starting to come into his own. 
So we see something developing here where Colin Kaepernick is going beast mode on everybody. I mean beast mode, especially on the Patriots, went beast mode on us. Uh, when and the uh, and the kind of tides turned for the Ravens when uh, when they had that huge game against or or basically comeback win against the the uh, the Colts where Ray Rice made a miraculous play where it was supposed to be done. So they made a turnaround. Terrell Sucks came back. Um, then you had. You had the storyline of Ray Lewis, which is a great player. I like Ray. Uh, I just fundamentally can't root for Ray because he's on the team that I despise. But as a player, he's a great player. One of the greatest defensive players to play the game. But um, you had his injury that came about, and everyone was like, okay, he might as well call it quits. This is his last season. He's going to retire. What's going to happen with him? You had a lot of factors going into this. You had a couple of storylines also with you had the Patriots that had a really, really high-powered offense and a diversified offense at that. They had a run game back. They had a lot of things going for them. Then you had the Falcons. The Falcons were were had the best record in the league, but they were like, can they get past the first one? Can he get past the first playoff win? Can can Matt Ryan not be a Tony Romo? Can that happen? And you had a couple of storylines with that. You had uh, um, Gonzalez that was wanting to retire after this season because he just felt that they weren't going to do it. He he felt in his heart that they weren't going to do it. He said that at the beginning of the season. He, uh, you know, uh, I'm ninety five percent sure that I'm going to retire then in the season. There you go. So he felt that they might not have got over that hump. Rightfully so. So he goes into it thinking, mm, I'm just going to play my best. I'm a, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm about to capture all these records for tight end. I'm, I'm, I'm the freaking greatest tight end to ever play. Um, we're going to do well. I'm sure we're going to do well because they, they have done well in the regular season, but we're probably not going to make it that far into the playoffs. I'm just gonna retire. That's that's how he felt. He has a good two, three years left in him. You see how he, you saw how he plays. Great guy, top shape. But he just felt eh, I need to, I need to go do something different in my life. So you had that storyline. Um, and and these storylines met together. So they made it into the playoffs. Colin Kaepernick is winning, devoured like. The, the the Green Bay Packers like killed them. Uh, you had the Houston Texans, which had a great record also, but you know they got exposed by the Patriots right before the playoffs and kind of ran through them. Uh, of course, they ran through the uh, the Texans again. So you had the Ravens with the comeback of Peyton Manning. What a great comeback that was also. So you had that storyline going also, but that kind of got halted. Because ultimately, what you wanted last year was the Hallball Brothers to play in the Super Bowl. So let, let's cut to the chase real quick. Let's cut to the chase. Let's not really focus on what happened in, in the... Um, 
in the Atlanta in the Atlanta Falcons and the 49ers game, which was a good game, but we all saw Matt Ryan fold under pressure again. We 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 didn't see that last week. We well we kind of saw that last week because he did throw an interception last week. Um, but but had a great comeback win with seconds left on the clock. That was great. That didn't happen this week. Um, Colin Kaepernick didn't run that much, but he threw. He played a, a pocket quarterback's game, and and Matt Ryan made mistakes. They made mistakes. The defense didn't hold him. They made mistakes. The 49ers won. So now, I just want to say this. Only people that wanted to see the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl were Atlanta Falcons fans. Sorry. That's the truth. A lot of people in Atlanta, because I do live in Atlanta, a lot of people were still hating on the Falcons. Like, people that grew up here hated on the Falcons. They didn't want to see the Falcons in it. So the only people that wanted to see the Falcons in the Super Bowl were true Atlanta Falcons fans or legitimate bandwagoners because they were they were playing so well. And a lot of people didn't hop onto that bandwagon until they got into the playoffs. So they lost. The Atlanta Falcons lost. Now we skip to the next game. Which was the AFC Championship. The first half was a struggle. But the Patriots were looking promising. The defense was holding the Ravens to minimal offense. Ray Rice basically got nothing. Twitter beef was at a maximum with trash talking. Uh, The Patriots... Were successful in the red zone with with every drive, with either coming up with a field goal, or they would score one touchdown. They score one touchdown and got a couple of field goals on their drives. They were successful in the red zone. So the the half was going towards the end, and of course you have a pro quarterback and a really good team in the Ravens. Now let me not take anything away from them. They uh, they scored a touchdown. Even though they scored that touchdown, the Patriots had the momentum. They had the momentum going into the second half. Now, the defense of the Patriots were playing very, very good. Like, surprisingly well. Then you had the second half where the offense and the defense did a 180 the defense allowed passes that were were unexecutable in the first half. Everybody was open. Talid, a corner, was injured. He came out on the field, but he didn't play again. Was he able to play? I think he was. Tom Brady... The passes that he threw in the second half were better passes than he threw in the first half. But all of a sudden, there was a lot of drops. All of a sudden, there were there were tips, blocks. 
And let's go back to the Texans game. So he knew playing against J.J. Watt that he had to throw over the defense because he's also familiar with the uh, the Ravens' defensive line batting passes down. He's familiar with that. So what does he do? All of a sudden, he throws low passes. He throws low passes to a lot of people. Uh, some of the passes were were called incomplete because they were low and hit the ground and one was Brandon Lloyd. He didn't get it. So you, you you're seeing you're seeing as a Patriots fan what the heck is going on? Everybody's open for the Ravens. You go to Anquan Bolden. You go to Tory Smith. You're starting to see something like what what is going on? So I don't understand. They they blitzed. They blitzed Flacco in the first half. Next, next, second half, didn't do anything. Anything substantial to say, I want to win this game. There was a pass from Brady to Welker that hit Welker in his chest. And we all seen Welker drop tough catches. Especially the one in the Super Bowl last year. It was a tough catch. I'm... I'm I'm just saying, it was a tough catch, but it was catchable, and he has caught passes like that before. But this pass was different. Right in his chest, dropped it, had it in his hand, out. He doesn't drop passes like that. And I saw the look in the Patriots' eyes. I saw a look in Tom Brady's eyes like, I want to do something, but I can't. I saw a look in Bill Belichick's eyes, and he was like, he just, he looked like he was at a funeral. And he usually does look like he's at a funeral, but he looks like he was at a relative's funeral other than somebody he just was acquainted with funeral. And and as happy as I am for Ray Lewis, and and I don't want to sound like a sore loser, although you probably think I do, I want to put into your head that I believe... This game was influenced by Roger Goodell. I believe in during halftime, seeing that this game was not really going to be that close if the Patriots kept going, pushing, 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 doing what they were doing to get into the red zone and keep scoring, rather with the field goals or touchdowns, I felt that, you know, Roger Goodell was like, oh, there's no way that the, the Ravens are going to win, even though it is pretty obvious that the Patriots defense has the offense rattled and the the offense of the uh, the Patriots are playing superbly. So I heard a remark from one of the reporters on CBS saying that Bill Belichick was worried all of a sudden that uh, that the Ravens were going to break out with a big play. And what did they do? Break out with big plays. Because everybody was freaking open. Everybody. Everybody in their mama. I can't catch that well and I could have caught those balls. They let them catch it and they tried to basically prevent the big plays from the runs after the plays. That didn't freaking work either. They let Ray Rice start to pick up, get some yards. Come on. So... You mean the defense just went to sleep in the second half? I know my team. 
I know my team. If if I don't know anything else about sports, I know the New England Patriots and their behavior pattern. I know and can see the look in their eyes because I've seen it before. I can, and and I put it on to I posted on Twitter as soon as I noticed it and I called it and I called it. I trust me, I called it and I am not biased to my team and I will talk crap about my team if they are playing suspect. And they played suspect. I saw the look. It, it reminded me of, of the movie The Longest Yard. When Adam Sandler got word from the warden. To like hey throw this game. Because you don't fit in the storyline. This does not work. To the ultimate goal that I'm trying to achieve. So that warden is the equivalent to Roger Goodell. And I believe that Roger Goodell went. And made a call. Made a call. Or went into that locker room because they never showed Roger Goodell at any of the games, either of the games. And I know he's probably at an AFC championship rather than the NFC. It's Roger Goodell. He's the AFC kind of guy. So I know he was somewhere in the vicinity. And he probably either called or went into that locker room and said, throw this game because we want to see the Hallball Brothers. Nobody wants to see the San Francisco Giants and the Patriots play. We want to see the Hallball Brothers play because we didn't get that last year. That's what I think happened. And you can't tell me any different. That's just my opinion. I'm happy for the 49ers and I'm happy for the Ravens. But I just want to tell you that this is suspect. The way, the way that we lost. I don't care that we lost. I'm kind of relieved that we lost because I don't have to go through what I went through last year and and in previous Super Bowls with I'm pulling my hair out with my team I don't know if they're going to win or lose even with the three Super Bowls that we won I I was still pulling my hair out because those were close games good games but close games and I pull my hair out even though we won those games but I I'm like the way that we lost the Ravens never dominate us like that ever we might lose to them like we did early in the season, but never dominate us. The defense that they have are old, just old defense, and they never dominate our offense like that. Tom Brady was playing like Tom Brady in the first half, and all of a sudden he plays like Mark Sanchez. Never have I seen that happen, playing against the Ravens. Even a couple of years ago when the first play of the game Ray Rice runs for a touchdown. We still had a close game with that in the playoffs. And I refuse to believe that we legitimately lost that game. I refuse to believe that. And that that messes up the integrity of the NFL. And Roger Goodell has been messing up the integrity of the NFL for the past at least half decade. You guys might not agree with me now. You might not agree with me now. But I'm pretty sure you will agree with me about some aspect of Roger Goodell influencing and ruining the, the, the integrity of the NFL somewhere in the near future. I'm sure you can look at it at a, at a referee standpoint where you like they blatantly called the wrong call that influenced an outcome of a game 
Or you can look back on the the uh, the replacement refs thing, and he didn't even care about putting the, the getting the actual refs back in until people raised hell about the Seahawks and the Packers game, and they were people were talking about boycotting, not watching football anymore, and demanding that the refs come back, the real refs come back, or people weren't gonna watch. It was everywhere, and that's when they, you know, they influenced to put the refs back in. He doesn't care about the true fans. He wants revenue and ratings. I'm telling you now that something needs to happen to get rid of this dude. I just want to put that in your head. I just want to. I just want you to think about that. This has been. The Charlie Maverick Show. I guess I can call this the uh, the pre-Super Bowl edition. <laughs> but good luck to the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. Again, from the NFC side, the 49ers from San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick at the helm. And big ups to the Ravens being in the Super Bowl with... You know, Ray Lewis being in there, Hall of Famer. And uh, I'm, I'm impressed by Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, you, you changed my, my outlook and opinion of you. So you're doing well. So I'm going to watch. I'm going to go for the 49ers, of course. Why? Because the Ravens just beat my team and there are rivals. Why would I go for the Ravens? I'm going for Jim, not John. Jim is cooler. He's on commercials and stuff. Come on now. It's the 49ers. It's nostalgia. It's nostalgia. Come on. So, again, thank you for listening. I'll be back with another show. Hopefully not just displaying my anger as much. For you true sports fans and for you spectators alike. This has been the uh, the uh, Charlie Maverick show. Almost coined my other show. You have a great day and get ready for the Super Bowl. I gotta get my nacho chips ready. I wonder where I'm gonna watch that. Hmm. There's a lot of mad Falcons fans today. They better be glad that it's uh, MLK Day and Inauguration Day for the President because uh, there's a lot of pissed off Atlanta people right now. There's probably like three deaths in the West End and like four shootings in College Park. Ah, oh, man. So, got to deal with that the rest of this week. People talking crap. <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all be good.